Hi, you're listening to Cafe Twenties. I'm Anki. I'm Charmaine, and I'm Flo. And this is a podcast about being in your twenties. It's okay not to have everything figured out, but we can explore it together. Today we're throwing all the way back and talking about primary school memories. In this episode, we will dig into how those memories shaped who we are today and just remind ourselves how far we have come from being that crybaby to someone who can carry themselves through a three-hour Zoom meeting with the camera on. But if you're new to the Cafe 20s community, we always like to start off with an interesting fact from the almighty internet. So Charmaine, what do you have for us today? My fact for today is snack-related, and is specifically about M&Ms. I don't know if you've ever wondered about this, but M&Ms actually stand for Mars and Mary, which are the last names of the M&Ms founders. And both of these guys are actually second-generation candy heirs. Oh! So the first guy, Forrest Mars, if you can't already tell from the last name, he's the son of the Mars company's founder. And the second founder, Bruce Mary. He's the son of Hershey's presidents back then. And they both didn't really like what their fathers were doing with their companies. So they decided to strike out on their own. Product of rebellion. So is M&M's part of Mars or Hershey's? That's a great question because it sounds like they had a really cute friendship, right? Just two guys versus the world with their little chocolate pills. But actually, they had a lot of conflicts and they eventually had to split up. So Mars bought the full shares of M&M's and as for Murray, he was shunned because he sort of betrayed Hershey's, right? He betrayed his family, his com- company, his community by finding M&M's, which helped their competitor Mars to gain so much market share. Mm. So he just sort of disappeared from the whole candy scene. Well, thanks Charmaine for that fact. Let's get into the episode. For a lot of people, primary school is full of great memories and a time of pure fun and innocence. Everything was so simple and just easy. Sometimes we might not be aware actually how much of our personality was shaped in primary school. So that's why we think it would be a good opportunity for us to explore and reflect and just take us back to those days. Also, it will be a great opportunity for our listeners to get to know us better. Okay, so what kind of primary school did you go to, Charmaine? Um, so I actually went to two different primary schools. Um, between the ages of six to eight, I went to a pretty typical local Hong Kong primary school. And when I was eight, I moved with my family to Shanghai. So I started going to an international school there. Of course, it's very different just from language, the student profile, the way they taught. So it's very two very, very different experiences. What about you guys? What about you, Flo? I actually did my primary school in Indonesia. It was a local school, so the subjects were mostly taught in Bahasa. And because it was a small city, it felt like a small community where everyone sort of knew each other. So that was quite nice, actually. How about you, Enki? 
So I went to an international primary school in Hong Kong. And for those who don't know what an international school necessarily is, it's a primary school where the teaching is done predominantly in English. And a lot of our classmates were from different countries. Their parents were expats. Sounds um, like there's a lot of tea there too. <laughs> international tea. <laughs> <laughs> Very worldly. Cool. Well, I'm just curious to hear more about what you guys were like in primary school. And maybe we can start with Flo. Just because now I know you as this smart, chill, meme-loving person, and I'm trying to visualize this mini version of that. Well, that's very nice of you, Charmaine. I think just to look back, I've always been seen as the quiet, hardworking person. So basically a nerd. <laughs> but I think I used to be so scared when I was young. I remember my brother and I, we went to the same primary school and my mom would drive us together to school, right? So I had to wait for my brother to get ready, eat his breakfast, and he loved taking his own sweet time. And that's why we would be late for school. So I remember my mom will drop us off at 6.58 a.m. and the school gate closes at 7. So I'll run all the way to the school gate to a point where I'll almost fall down. But my brother, he will get off the car and he'll walk really slowly to the school gate. And the best part is he knew that the security guard will wait for him to reach the gate first before closing it, just because they were actually friends. So my brother and I, we were really different when we were young. Was this your younger or older brother? My older brother. Yeah. He sounds really cool. Like a cool, rebellious <laughs> yeah, mysterious yeah, yeah. guy. Bad boy. Yeah, exactly. You can say that. How about you, Enki? I feel like you'll have a lot of interesting stories to share because now you're just this like super fun, loving person. And I would love to know how you were as a kid. In primary school, I was a pretty naughty kid. Back then, I remember being in class one time and there was this guy who was singing. And in primary school, the guys and girls, they have the same voices or really similar voices because for the boys, their voices hadn't broken yet. So my teacher said to me, like, Anki, stand up, stop talking. And I was like, Mr. Neil, first of all, that's a guy. Yeah, I mean, that just shows how much of a reputation I had for being a chatterbox in class. And I remember there was this other instance where I sat next to this guy who really hated staplers. And I would just staple things right in front of his face to get a reaction out of him. So, yeah, I don't know why I was like that. I was pretty terrible in hindsight. But I'm just not sure why I could have been so naughty because I was actually in a pretty strict school which held really stringent standards about our grades and our uniform and things like that. But it was also an environment where they drilled pretty strongly into our minds how important working hard is. And I think one of the beliefs that I've carried from that primary school into my adulthood is how good things won't come to you unless you work really, really, really hard for it. And I'm, I'm not sure if that's a good thing at this point. But yeah, I got some reflecting to do. What about you, Charmaine? Um, so when I was young, I was quite extroverted. I was a little bossy and very active. And like Anki, I was a bit of a chatterbox. And I did get in trouble quite a few times. So for example, one time I was playing this origami flipping game. Um, it's basically that game where you get different results depending on how you flip it. I'm not sure if that's a good explanation. But um, anyways, one time it was my turn to write the different results on the origami. 
And one of the words I wrote was um, by Gazi, which is Cantonese. Um, I learned that from watching a period drama on TVB, uh, which is basically the local TV channel in Hong Kong. I tried to look up the closest English translation, and it's apparently prodigal son. And that just means like a useless, wasteful son. It really isn't a commonly used word, um, so I didn't really think much of it. But somehow the teacher got a hold of of the origami, and she was like, "That's a rude word." So she interrogated all thirty kids in the class until she traced it back to me, and we all got this long lecture. And they even brought it up to all the parents at the parent teacher conference. So it was like a pretty big deal. But it's definitely a demonstration of how my school can be quite strict and conservative at times. Uh, although I did have pretty good grades, even though I wasn't like the traditional definition of a good student, so parents would sometimes even request their kids to sit next to me. But uh, their grades would usually somehow improve after sitting next to me for some reason. Wow! <laughs> the way we see you, Charmaine, you're someone who has all your shit together. You always carry yourself so well. So it's really interesting to know that you're actually that kid who got the whole class in trouble. How do you think your personality has changed over time? Hmm, great question. Now I'm a lot less extroverted and a lot less rebellious, a lot less active. And I'm quite happy spending time on my own. I don't know what you guys did during recess, but I remember like dragging my friends to play tag or basketball or hide and seek. Whereas now I'm the one that needs to be dragged. And I think it has a lot to do with me moving around as a kid. Which countries did you live in? It actually wasn't that many. It was um, well, it was from the ages of six onwards. It was Hong Kong, Shanghai, then Singapore. But somehow I, I ended up going to like maybe seven or eight schools during those few countries. Wow! Just because I think when you move to one place, you need to sort of go into a new education system, and then there's a bit of transitioning and jumping back and forth as well. So that's why. That's quite cool. Do you feel like you know having moved around so many times, did you like get tired of making new friends again and again? Do you think that played a part in why you are more introverted now? I think that's a really good question and very spot on. I think that's probably why. And having to go into so many different environments and having to adapt into it, um, I think that for sure made me like a person who's able to go into new places very quickly. But then also me, my personality shifts a lot. And also, it's just very difficult to keep in touch with people sometimes. So it really makes you sort of narrow down your friendship list to the people who you really want to invest time and spend time with, and make an important part of my life. Yeah. Yeah. And in that process, you found yourself, right? Now you're more comfortable with being with yourself, just understanding yourself a lot more. Yeah, I think so. I think so. But it's a that's a whole new can of worms. There's always an existential crisis around the corner. But yeah, for now, I think I'm quite comfortable with that part of myself. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Charmaine, for sharing. <laughs> <laughs> what about you guys? How different are you now from who you were back then? I think I'm still pretty much the same. I'm pretty cheeky, pretty mischievous. I like to make people laugh. Um, but I think I've definitely gotten more confidence with age, and I care much less about what other people think because I remember when I was younger, that was one of my concerns, and also about how many friends I had. But as I've gotten older, I've actually transitioned more into the quality aspect of that. And having too many friends can actually be pretty difficult for me to maintain a meaningful relationship with. So having good friends is much more important to me now. 
What about you, Flo? Were you more of a quality over quantity person in terms of your friends or was it the other way around? I think when I was younger, I was more of the quantity type of person when it comes to friends. And I think that's like a common topic you talk about when you're younger, right? That's what you used to actually compare. Like, how many friends do you have? Oh, I have 10. And then it's like, oh, I have 12. I don't know about you guys, but I think that was like some of the questions that I remember asking or being asked when I was younger. But I think I also enjoyed like having a lot of friends just because it's more fun. You get to play with everyone. And I think when you're younger, there's there's not a lot of depth into the friendship, right? You just, friends are just people who you play with. So that's why it was more of a quantity. But again, like same as you, Enki and Charmaine as well. Like um, as I grew older, I realized that, man, I do not have the capacity (laughs) to socialize with every single person in this whole entire world. It's just so tiring because I'm an introvert as well. Um, Yeah, and that's why I decided or it just happened that I steer more towards the quality because I do value deep, meaningful relationships. So I'm more of the quality person and I'm very comfortable and very happy with the small circle of friends that I have now. That sounds great. I totally agree with you that the quantity aspect may be more important for younger kids. And I just remember, like, I think maybe it was 13 when we were just legal for Facebook and all of those platforms. And I think that was just like at the end of primary school. I think people were very concerned with like the number of friends oh, you yeah. have, like yes. just sort of like comparing it uh, among among classmates. And it was quite a childish thing to do. But I think somehow that that has also carried into adulthood, I guess, like with Instagram, people be like oh my god you follow more people than the amount of followers oh, you absolutely. have <laughs> absolutely yeah, exactly. and That's i just wonder point. what the kids nowadays you know with like tiktok and all these platforms they're probably going on on these social media a lot younger i wonder how that has impacted them but it sounds like Flo, you had such a pure community because you were saying there's like no drama even though there was like small but there was like no tea yeah did you carry many of those friends into adulthood yeah, some of them are actually still my best friends. I still remember in primary two, I got my first Valentine's Day chocolate oh, wow. from a girl. So oh, like from a friend. Friendship. Thought you're a player. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I remember like I had no concept of like Valentine's Day chocolate yet when I was in primary two. And then uh, this girl, my friend back then and still is, she came to me and she gave me this like chocolate bar and I'm like, why? Why Why are you giving it to me? And it's like, oh, it's Valentine's Day chocolate for you. And then I was just like so happy. Aww. Yeah. That's so sweet. What about you, Charmaine? There was a lot of drama in my primary school. Kids can be quite petty. But there was especially more drama in the international school I went to. And I think it's like what Enki mentioned at the international school, there was a lot more exposure to all those American shows like High School Musical or Glee. And there were just unrealistic or unhealthy depictions of what school life should be like. So it could get very clicky sometimes. And there's always this group of girls who try to be the group of it girls they show on the TV. It's very popular and crazy about beauty and boys and stuff like that. I forgot how... But at one point, I got roped into that group. And I was really flattered because, well, as a kid, I think just the idea of being popular can be quite important. But after a while, I just didn't really feel happy there. So one day, I just left them. Wow, that's very impressive. How, how do you leave them? 
I just decided to go somewhere else for lunch and recess and avoid where they would usually hang out. I didn't think it would be that big of a deal because I thought they probably wouldn't notice if just one person didn't go. But apparently they were very scandalized and uh, quite pissed for a while. In the initial phase of trying to fit into that popular group, I remember pasting like ever-living cutouts all over my locker. I would listen to her album on loop and I even copied all her lyrics so I could like memorize it. <laughs> Is there no lyrics.com back then? Because it was so CD. So it was, <laughs> yeah, it was so CD back then. In the booklet. They had the booklet. Oh Actually, could I just highlight it, you know, yeah. on the booklet? Why did I have to copy it? I don't know. <laughs> it's more romantic that way. <laughs> I think it was dictation. <laughs> oh my God. Hey, hey, you, you. I, I want to be your girlfriend. girlfriend. No way, no <laughs> way. <laughs> <laughs> Little mama and I really mean romance. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh so God. funny. But my mom was quite supportive. I, I remember making her take me to an Ever Living concert and she came along with me. Oh, oh my God. God. That's so sweet. Yeah. That's a great memory for like a mom and a daughter yeah. to have. And then we also did these dance covers. We choreographed this whole thing to complicate it. You and your mom? No, no, no. Me and my cringy friends. Oh. <laughs> but she was supportive of that, even though in hindsight, oh god, I just I, I'm so glad there was no video of, of that performance. But yeah, that was that was the drama, that was the tea. What was pop culture like for you guys then? Like Ever Levine, anything else? Oh, I love high school musical. I used to have this special book just for high school musical related stuff. But I think it was more of a great memory for me and less for my driver. I remember at the peak of my high school musical time, on my way to tuition, I used to put my earphones on in the car. I'll play Gotta Go My Own Way at the highest possible volume. And I will sing my heart out. And it went on for weeks. Every time my driver has to drive me to tuition, that means he had to listen to my singing. And you've heard me sing. It's really terrible, bless his soul. So what happened is after a few weeks of that, my driver couldn't take it anymore and he actually went to my mom to tell my mom that if I don't stop singing, he will quit. He actually threatened to quit. So this is also a story of where my dreams to be a singer was crushed, by the way. But if you're still out there, Hendra, shout out to you. Thanks for crushing a child's dreams. What else did you guys do for fun? Did you guys hang out with friends after school? Any extracurricular activities? Anki, kick us off. I think I would talk on the phone a lot after school. I was like one of those aunties who would hog the home phone and then recap to all my friends what happened that day and which guys we spoke to and <laughs> whether or not Disney's going to hire us soon. You know, <laughs> We had a lot of debriefing sessions. But when we're older and we potentially have children, then landlines don't really exist, right? Especially where we are in Hong Kong now. So are they going to call our mobile phones? <laughs> Am oh. I going to have six-year-olds calling me? <laughs> <laughs> but I think the kids will might have their own phones. I don't no. know. Well, it depends on... Your yeah, it depends yeah. on you. Yeah, it depends yeah. whether or not you hmm. give them a phone. And I think... They will text instead of call. Oh True. my goodness. I might get one, them one of those um, old Nokias, the brick ones. With the snake. Yeah. Too. All they can do is press numbers. 
And if they want to press like alphabet T, they have to press the button three times oh, to get to it. That was a nightmare. And then if you miss it, you have to like press yeah. again. It's just a loop. Get them one oh of those. God. Or else it's too much stimulation. Yep, yep. So in terms of after school activities, or we call them CCAs at my school, I did modern dance, Chinese dance, and choir. So I was pretty uh, much a performing arts kid, although I was pretty bad at them, particularly the dancing ones. I remember we had a modern dance performance and a Chinese dance performance, you know, like the yearly talent show. And I was double booked. So <laughs> double booked. <laughs> double booked. So I was wearing my sparkly modern dance outfit, but I had like two buns on either side of my head so I could change from like one performance to another quickly without doing my makeup again. But yeah, that was pretty good memories. Um, what about you guys? I never really called my friends, actually. But um, usually I would just go down to the playground near my home and meet random kids. And when I got a little older, I started doing more proper extracurriculars. I was interested in a lot of random things, but they normally didn't really last very long. So, for example, I did like tennis, guitar, karate or swimming, but I don't do any of those things now. Um, the only thing that I stuck with was ballet. That's something I did for a very, very long time. And I did meet quite a few lifelong friends from there. I actually did ballet too when I was younger. I think I started in somewhere around kindergarten. And then I stopped when I was in primary five. So it's actually quite a lot of years, but I still can't touch my toes. <laughs> I can't <laughs> Resolution for the year You can do it My grandma can do splits What? Yeah She, she started stretching very Your grandma? Very, yeah So you can do it Flo <laughs> Goodness gracious <laughs> So it sounds like We all had really fun And, and innocent childhoods Where we actually got to have Very balanced activities Outside of school But did you guys ever do Like any more academic extracurriculars like tuition or instruments and all that well I played the piano which I think a lot of my friends did as well at school my mom actually told me that I asked her to allow me to switch from the violin to the piano at one point because I wanted to play an instrument where I could sit down and, and they're just photos of me like bawling in my Doraemon pajamas like while I'm playing my violin yeah so I'm just not musically talented like that but in terms of more academics I didn't do too much um, tuition I've never been good at math so that was an area I always did um, tuition and it was all about the abacus oh oh yeah I actually never did abacus but it looked really cool I mean we have calculators. I don't know why we had to push these beads around. It's great ASMR. <laughs> what about you, Flo? I had that abacus tuition too. On top of that, I actually had quite a lot of other tuitions as well. Just because in Indonesia, it was actually the norm to have a lot of tuitions after school. Like I had one for math, one for social sciences, one for English, Mandarin, drawing classes, dance classes, like you name it. And at some point in time, I even went to two different English tuitions just because one was better for conversational English and one was better for composition and comprehension. But even though it might sound like a lot, tuition was actually the main place you get to see and play with your friends. And, you know, sometimes we don't really listen in class, so we just play. And I think that's why I really enjoyed it back then. What about you, Charmaine? Um, 
I, for, well, for the instruments thing, I didn't really do anything. I mentioned before that I did guitar, but it was for a very, very short period. I whined to my mom, why didn't you make me learn piano? Because I was very jealous when I saw my friends like playing piano in the music room and all I could play was Mary Had a Little Lamb. But yeah, I just don't think I was very musically inclined. So I think it's fine. I didn't pursue that, that career or those extracurriculars. Um, tuition, I didn't really have any as well throughout primary school. I think I only started in high school. Uh, my, my mom was quite on top of my schoolwork. So she would, yeah, she would help me out if I have any challenges. Yeah. Would you guys do anything differently if you could go back in your childhood? Like, would you have wanted to do so many extracurricular activities or tuition? Or would you have preferred to just have more time to have fun after school? For me, I think it didn't go to a point where, like, I was too busy and I didn't enjoy my life. So I feel like it was actually still a good balance. I still had time to actually play with my friends after school. And I remember because I used to live in this housing complex. So then all of us, all the children at 4 p.m. will go outside and then we'll play around until like all our moms will call us back to our houses for dinner and stuff like that. Yeah, so it was really quite fun. Mm-hmm. That made me think of the ad on Hong Kong television where it's like, sick fun la! <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. for dinner yeah. Oh, yeah, it was like that yeah. <laughs> for me I'm quite happy with the way my childhood panned out I think it was it wasn't I'm very glad that my parents didn't push me to join a lot of activities to, to make my primary school resume look good I, I'm so concerned for the kids nowadays that have that much pressure placed on their shoulders at such a young age and it's really important to to enjoy it while you can but I also understand it's just because it's a vicious cycle if everyone's around you doing it then you have to do it too and can you sort of asked if you would change anything but that sort of leads me to ask, would it have been possible for you guys to change anything? Were your parents very strict with you? Just because I feel like in a lot of Asian households, it's quite common for parents to to punish and have different weapons of choice. So what was that experience <laughs> like for you guys? You smiled when you said weapon of choice. <laughs> <laughs> Not sadistic, but yeah. <laughs> My parents were fairly strict with me when I was younger but they actually started loosening up quite quickly towards like I think it was almost an immediate switch in primary school they were pretty strict and then once I switched into high school then they just let go of it completely even during primary school my mom would tutor me a lot she would even tutor my friends but in terms of kind of how she disciplined me it was a lot of standing against the wall if I didn't finish my vegetables within a certain amount of time. I was actually notorious in my family for chewing up my vegetables and going to the washroom and spitting it out in a tissue and flushing it down. And the same for my vitamins. So I would get in a lot of trouble because people would be going wanting to go to the washroom and there would be just like food floating <laughs> in the toilet. flush it? Yeah. Like sometimes it just comes back oh up, right? Yeah, so... There was that, and then and that's always also why I hate carrots now because I was just like forced to eat so many carrots within the span of thirty minutes. I would just be like crying and eating carrots, and they would be so salty from my tears. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Natural seasoning. <laughs> when I got in trouble, my mom would give me some smacks, but I think that holds true for quite a lot of other children that I know. 
like in my social circle or in this region of the world even, or maybe others. Her weapon of choice was usually a hanger. Thinking about it, actually, when I was young, I would be really scared. Um, and then I got to a phase where I saw a lot of like Western media and I was like, is this child abuse? Like there's these movies about Chinese culture and their interactions with the West where, you know, like they have cupping and things like where it, it leaves like Chinese medicine, where it leaves really red marks on, on your body. And sometimes it gets misconstrued as a form of kind of like abuse towards the child when it just really isn't. It's just for medical purposes or um, yeah. So after like watching these kind of influences as a small child, I got a bit confused, but as I got older, I realized like actually it's just so common among almost everyone I know has had this shared experience. So sometimes like even when now when I think about it, I'm just like, how would I discipline my child? Like, would I consider disciplining my child this way? Like, I think I probably wouldn't hit my kids. It does its job in imprinting in your mind what is right and what is wrong um, in terms of behavior. So I think that was quite core and quite a good thing that shaped my personality and values to who I am today. But at the same time, it hurt a lot. And I don't want my child to feel like, you know, if they do something wrong, then they deserve to get smacked or something like that. So I think probably if I were to engage in this behavior, I'd probably just hit them on the butt, but have like a good conversation about what they did wrong. Like, I think the conversation is the key part. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah, I do agree that sometimes hitting may be effective in quickly teaching your kid what is right and what is wrong. But I think sometimes it's also an easy way out. Like if you hit and your child feels pain and that's when they know that, oh, I shouldn't do it again because it hurts. It seems like a very lab experiment kind of thing, you know. So I think the I think the less easy way out and for that same reason, because it's not easy, not a lot of parents do it is to exactly like what you said, Enki, have that crucial conversation with your kid to explain why they shouldn't do it, why they shouldn't do certain things. And also, I think one of the most important thing is to understand why your child did it in the first place, right? Let's say if your child stole something, why did he do it in the first place, you know? So just to have that candid two-way conversation and giving him that sense of trust that it's actually a safe space for him to voice out his opinions is very important and I think it's a good parenting style. But then again, I have seen parents with children on the MTR screaming for no reason and it's so tough to be a parent. So I'm definitely not judging any parents out there with different parenting style. Like for me, it's really hard to imagine hitting a child but I feel like it's quite it really was sort of normalized uh, as a kid just because I I, for for me when I was in primary school in Hong Kong at least just kids sort of quite openly discussed it we were like comparing like what our parents use and then uh, some people were especially like um it would sort of show off like my parents hit me with this. <laughs> <laughs> it becomes Ooh. a competition, right? <laughs> exactly. Well, my mom mostly she just used her hand. I think it to be honest, like for her to use her hand is actually quite painful for her hand as well. So I think she didn't really do it unless we really have to. I had a hard time sort of retracing what were the causes or catalysts to these um, more physical punishments, but I I can't really remember. I don't think it's it's not always academic i'm not really sure why we did but it it will always follow the sort of formula of like 
the two of us being very frustrated with each other and then me breaking down crying and then my mom just sort of like why are you so stubborn and then if I can't she can't get it through my head and like maybe like some smacking would come in and then like maybe at the end of the day we would just sort of like cry and hug each other like after I apologize after we sort of have that conversation and she's made sure that I understand why I was wrong yeah it was mainly just the hand Uh, my dad would only come in very occasionally but, but when he did, it was scary. When dads come in, you know it's bad. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know you did something bad. Exactly. Bad. Exactly. It seems like a common... Yeah. Common... <laughs> point yeah. of commonality. Yeah. yeah. What what kind of weapons do they use in Indonesia? <laughs> I think it's actually quite similar. Like, hangers. Yeah. And, um... Belt. Oh, belt. that's intense. Belt was really... <laughs> Uh, painful but I didn't get a lot of belt actually I just got like hanger okay. and sometimes like wooden stick oh, yeah. oh is it the one that you can buy in the market yeah 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 mm. the one from like rattan or something oh, yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's actually quite uh, flimsy I think just um, one thing that was very unique to my mom <laughs> like that it was her weapon of choice was uh, okay like a uh, backstory first my mom loves fish like that's, that's <laughs> wacky with the fish. Yeah. <laughs> I like throw the fish bones at you. <laughs> if like other moms love dogs or cats, oh. my mom like loves oh. fish. Yeah, okay, so okay. she loves fish as a pet. Oh. So then she used to have like this um, fish called it's a the breed is called Arwana, I think. And she had it when it was just like the size of your pinky, and then she had it for ten years, to a point where like. It's the size of your arm. Mm-hmm. It grew so much. And it's like her baby, you know, that fish was her baby. So, wait, so anyway, going back. So she's the person who like cleans the tank herself. She'll refill the water. She'll like feed the fish and everything. So in order for you to clean the tank, there's this like long metal ruler kind of for you to like scrape and wash the tank. So she'll use that to hit us too. <gasps> so oh when she gets mad, she like reach her hand in the aquarium and take it out. Yeah. The fish ruler. Yeah. <laughs> the oh fish my. ruler. Oh exactly. my goodness. Yeah, she was, she was such a multitasker, but that was the unique, uh, specific weapon of choice. Okay. For her. Oh, wow. <laughs> but it's actually really flimsy. So every time she like grabs that, I'm quite happy. Because <laughs> it doesn't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's like when they get the hotel slippers. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think seeing where we are today, we're definitely all on track to where we are aspiring to be. We're going in the right direction. And so going forward, we should definitely be mindful and grateful for all the things that have happened in our lives, such as primary school, which we have highlighted in the podcast today, um, to all the friends we've made, to all the experiences, to all the really funny stories that sit in our memory now, and definitely to the OGs, the parents who have shaped who we are today. I hope that you, our listeners, had a lot of fun with us looking at what happened when we were primary school kids, and I hope that brought up some nice memories for you as well and made you laugh. But let's keep reflecting on ourselves and and yeah so thanks for joining us thanks for tuning into our episode today we hope it reignited some nostalgia from your primary school days or if you have been thinking about reconnecting with old friends perhaps this is a sign from the universe to say go text that person or even readopt some of that carefree attitude towards life that we all had as kids bringing out that inner child if you like this episode let us know 
We would love to know if you have any primary school memories. You can comment this on our Instagram post for this episode and follow us for any updates. Our Instagram account is at Cafe20spodcast and that is at Cafe20spodcast. We will also leave this in the show notes. You can find us on all the places you usually listen to podcasts like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. So subscribe and leave us a rating. We post episodes every other Thursday, so that means the next episode will be released on the 22nd of October. Thank you so much for joining us today and see you in our next episode. Bye! Bye.